Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell on this Wednesday, the 22nd of February, 2023. Another hump day, first podcast of the week. I trust you're doing really well wherever you happen to be in the world. Hopefully you've enjoyed a good week so far, a very productive week. And uh, first podcast of the week, it's uh, unusual. I normally do one on a Monday, being the first one, and normally there's the call to action about you know uh, rating the show and subscribing to the show, which I won't bother about today. But I have been uh, have been working with some interesting people this week, and uh, wanted to reflect on on that. And the purpose of today's podcast is to talk about leadership and the fact that leadership is not necessarily for everyone. And every now and then, there's a conversation or a group or a situation that uh, transpires that just reinforces this yet again. And I've been working in leadership for many years now, uh, run sales teams for over 10 years, uh, do a lot of work in the leadership space. And it's interesting to see how many people get thrust into leadership. And again, it was this week that brought this to bear. Um, And again, realized that over the years, not everyone is suited to leadership and not everybody should be in leadership. And I've got to say, not everybody necessarily wants to be in leadership. And it takes responsibility. And my belief here now that's been formed over many years is that a person must want to take on a leadership role in order to be, uh, well, successful or given the chance to be successful rather than simply being thrust into that leadership position or having the leadership title bestowed upon them and thrust upon them. Because my experience has been that many people who are great individual contributors who are logically identified as the next uh, leader, next sales leader, next operational leader, are often thrust into that position because of their, I guess, their credibility that's been established and their track record or performance. But the people putting them into those positions are not necessarily training them, developing them, and giving them the blueprint to make the transition a smooth one and a good one. And case in point, this week, uh, working with a group of uh, newish leaders, and I won't, I won't give you the name because I haven't got permission to talk about them as an organization. But the interesting thing about this was many of them did not choose to be a leader. Leadership was not something in their career development path or in their future vision that they had for their own career. They were pretty much told and they were not given the opportunity to necessarily say no. And through that process, because they'd been great individual contributors, their bosses, their one-ups, their two-ups, and sometimes the owners of the organization said, hey, we need you to now step up and you're going to be taking this position, you're going to be taking this title, and here's all the responsibility that comes with it. And what was fascinating with this is a number of the guys said that they really didn't have any choice but to take on the role, take on the responsibility because they'd been brought up in a command and control environment and it was the type of environment that was very hierarchical and you didn't you didn't question the one-up or the two-up leader and God forbid you didn't even you didn't question the owner of the organization. So you just took it and you made the best of what you could in the role that you were given. And so what tended to happen, and and we were talking about this, is they weren't necessarily given, as I said, the blueprint. They were not given great role models to follow, to emulate, to model excellence from. 
And so what happened is they keep repeating the pattern. And one of the reasons why I was working with them was helping them develop in an area of leadership and helping them to become better leaders. And what we realized through that, and I said to them, I actually said to them, that it's okay to recognize and come to the realization that perhaps leadership is not for you because it is not for everyone. There are some who have a predisposition to leadership. There are others that have a predisposition to being an individual contributor. And that's why a lot of leaders, and particularly in the in the area that I work in mostly in around sales, a lot of uh, sales leaders end up becoming sales individual contributors again because they find it's more, uh, it's more thrilling for them, it's more fulfilling, it's more satisfying. And they don't want to have the responsibility of leading a team and being responsible for a team of 5, 6, 10, 15 people, depending on the size of the organization. And even though we were in the room talking about leadership and helping them with their professional development around becoming a better leader, I think many of them had a a sense of relief when they realized that, hey, they don't have to be a leader if they don't want to be. And as long as they've got a good relationship with their organization and they're, they're considered to be a good contributor, then there may well be an opportunity for them to move into a different role where they don't necessarily have what many consider to be the burden of leadership. Now, for others, they were thinking, well, it was literally the blind leading the blind, and and I only had a a model to follow, which was my boss, who had a boss that was very old school. So, you know, two or three generations down, uh, you've got some habits that are pretty much ingrained into the way a business operates. And to have somebody like me come in and actually talk about the fact that, hey, leadership is not command and control. Leadership is not telling people what to do. It's not about sitting back and realizing that, hey, I'm the boss, you're the subordinate, inverted commas, therefore you need to do as I say. Leadership, it does not work. It might have worked back in the 80s, it may have worked back in the 70s, and maybe to some degree in the 1990s, but certainly come 2000, where leadership took a much, much more uh, front and center view from organizations and expectations went up. Leaders today have a lot of responsibility, but the way they lead is fundamentally different to how people were leading back in the 1980s and 90s. And I, and I probably, going back and listening to, to tapes, and when I say tapes, cassette tapes and maybe CDs and reading books back then, it wasn't so much about leadership, it was more about management. So when you look at management books, there were a stack of those in the 80s and 90s, and then the early 2000s started to turn into more leadership books. And so from a leadership point of view, and, and one of the reasons I was working with this group was to help them fine-tune and maybe give them some things to think about to enhance their ability to better lead their team within their particular organization. And they're in a very, very competitive organization, a highly stressed organization, and lots and lots of pressure on the company, lots of lots of pressure, therefore, on individuals within the company. And so when you throw all that into the mix, and you've got a bunch of people who might have a leadership title, but not a title they really wanted or desired or really want to continue to do, it makes for a very interesting mix. So one of the key things we did talk about was the fact that, hey, leadership is not for everybody, so that's okay. However, what I also mentioned to them is now that they're in a leadership position, they now have an opportunity to make that particular position the best they possibly can. Now, whilst it may not be a fear for everybody, what I also said to them is if they don't give it an absolute red-hot crack, then they might actually end up regretting not giving it their best. And then in one, two, three, five years, I don't know, maybe 15 years down the track, look back and think, man, I wish I should have continued to move forward with that particular position because I reckon I missed out on an opportunity. And the worst thing we can possibly do as we wrap up our own life is to look back 
with a level of regret. So I'd much rather them be educated and then make the conscious decision based on all the information that's in front of them that uh, leadership is not for them, rather than just say, nah, this is too hard because I don't have any backup, I've got no support, etc., etc. I'll just go back to what's comfortable for me. So one of the key things we did speak about, and I wanted to cover off this today, just at a really high level, is some of the key attributes and competencies, and this is by no means an exhaustive list, of course, but uh, some competencies and attributes of a leader at a really high level. Because what I shared with the team was that for many of them, they hadn't been given... They hadn't had really good role models, so they didn't know. They were just following what others had done before them. And those leaders were actually following their leaders or their examples. And again, they hadn't had a really a roadmap or some sort of toolkit or blueprint to follow either. So in some cases, it is literally the blind leading the blind. So at least by sitting down and thinking about, okay, what are some of the key characteristics and attributes of a leader that we want to put in place? I said to them, hey, at least you can start to contemplate these, take take these into consideration, and maybe just start into implementing a couple of these to think about what will that do in terms of the difference of how I lead, but also when it comes to doing things like communicating with your team or providing feedback, there might be some specific things you can think about and build a habit around to therefore improve the way you can influence and therefore the way that you can lead. So here are a number of attributes that we talked about during these particular sessions. Number one, communication skills. Now, communication skills could be uh, verbal communication skills, so how we had a conversation, how we hold a conversation with another human being face-to-face, over the phone, over Zoom, over Teams, whatever the case might be, but also being conscious of the non-verbal communication skills. So what do I do with my body language, my physiology? What do I do with my facial expressions? Do I actually provide eye contact with the person I'm actually having a conversation with. Because one of the fascinating things, talking to some of these guys, is they they were from an era where blokes were blokes, and, and they said this, blokes were blokes, so therefore communication skills were not at the forefront of their mind. It was a case of do this or else, don't even answer back. There was no real communication. So creating a communication environment where two-way communication is uh, really, really encouraged, and how to do that for many of them, they really don't know. So, communication skills is is one of the key attributes. Adaptability to change as well, because one of the things that we've seen, particularly over the last three years, is a huge, huge amount of change in the world economy, the way people are doing business, and therefore, as leaders, we have to be adaptable as well in terms of people's working environments. Uh, hybrid working is becoming more and more prevalent today. That even back in 2019, it was it was not even thought of. There might have been a few people working from home every now and then, but today, just about every second person is working either from home a huge amount of time or working from home on a permanent basis. So our ability to adapt is a is a great attribute. Also, the value to your team, valuing your team is a big one, and we talked about this a lot. In that, in the old school, a lot of these guys had been in an environment, as I said before, in command and control where. There wasn't a lot of value placed upon them as individuals. They were considered to be resources, and if you didn't do your job, then we'll get somebody in who will do your job, so you better pull your finger out. But now leaders have to be, and this is not a softer side of things, but in order to engender trust, we have to actually start to really genuinely value our team as people, and that's what good leaders will do. They will generally care about their people, they'll take an interest in their people, and they'll look at what motivates their people so that they can actually extract the maximum potential out of them. That's not to use them, that's to encourage them to increase their level of discretionary effort and really do a great job and uh, and build a successful career. Uh, Another attribute is coaching and mentoring, and for many of them, the coaching and mentoring 
conversation was like uh, talking to an alien because they never even really thought about what coaching and mentoring actually is. Again, because they'd come from an environment of just being told what to do. But they're now recognizing that as leaders and particularly leading younger people, younger people have higher expectations. They're wanting that interaction. They're wanting that feedback. They're wanting that coaching and that mentoring. So as a leader, that's what we've got to take on board. But many of them don't know how to do it. So that can often be a blockage for them. So coaching and mentoring, and I'll link that also to another attribute in terms of providing feedback. Uh, and for many people, they've they've worked and some still work in an environment where the only type of feedback that is provided is when something goes wrong. Uh, what we're talking about is providing feedback constantly. And I always talk about this fact that as leaders in particular, it's our responsibility to create an environment where feedback is not just expected, it actually becomes a demand from people and they're constantly looking for feedback. Now, you don't have to sit down and do the formalized feedback. And as I said to the guys this week, it's more about having conversations and you don't necessarily even have to use the word feedback. It's just things like how how things are going. Can we have a conversation? What's working? What's not working? And we're doing this more naturally now, but having more of a, a, a conscious focus on providing feedback because you need to let people know where they're at because they're going to be wondering, how am I tracking? How am I tracking against the expectations? Does my does my boss, does my manager, does my leader believe I'm doing a good job? And if you can't tell them, they're, they're going to start thinking about, and who knows what they're going to be thinking about. If, if it's like most human beings, they might be thinking about, wow, I may not be doing a great job because nobody's telling me. So uh, as a leader, we've got to provide feedback uh, and look for opportunities. And this is not a case of providing feedback and thanking people for coming and doing their normal job. It's finding things they're doing well above and beyond what's expected of them and giving them feedback and making sure that it's specific. The next key attribute we talked about was being approachable. Now, what fascinates me about this one is back in the day, there was a lot of leaders who thought the way to lead their team was to be absent and to be not visible and not be approachable. So I'd be sitting in my office, I'd be on my computer or even before the computer days, have the door closed and it it made it really difficult for people to approach you. Now with open plan office areas and office setups, it's a lot easier to be more visible. Uh, But even then, some leaders are not approachable because of the, the vibe they give or the body language they send out and the messages they send out when uh, when people approach them. So as a leader, one of the biggest things we can do is A, be approachable, but also be visible, which I attach to the approachability as well. And for some leaders, this is a, this is a bit of a challenge because I think, well, what are you telling me? I've got to go and have ad hoc conversations with my team. And I said, well, yeah, sometimes. What if, what if you just went and had a conversation with your team or your team individuals and you didn't necessarily have to have an agenda but you just were being there. You were just there. You are just taking an interest. You were visible. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Just by being visible, people know that you're there, and that could be enough for many of them. The other one is being the example, and I talk a lot about being the example of excellence and, and the fact that as a role model, whether we like it or not, we are role models to our team. We are role models to everybody we come in contact with. And as a leader, we need to understand this fact, and that is our team are watching our every single move, and they're watching what we're doing and what we're not doing, and then they're marrying that up with what we're saying or what we're not saying as well, which leads to credibility and builds into a thing called trust. So thinking about what is the example I want to set for my team? How do I walk into a meeting? And I talk a lot about it, and I've recorded a number of podcasts around this. Many leaders will have a to-do list, but very few leaders will even think about creating a to-be list, and that is consciously thinking about who do I need to be today? What sort of example do I need to set for my team to give them every opportunity of being successful today, tomorrow, next week, and beyond? 
We're also disciplined. Great leaders are also disciplined, which is another key attribute. They'll do the things they need to do when they need to do it, and they'll always have a positive attitude. And this is not a positive attitude to the point where everything is rosy, and it's not one of these positive psychology woo-woo things. It's a case of we have this grounded, positive approach that, you know what, no matter what is thrown at us, we will find a solution and we'll find a way to move forward. And as a leader, that's exactly what your team are looking for. A couple of other key uh, key attributes that I've thrown into here as well is one is uh, being forward thinking and always thinking about, okay, we've got to take care of the here and now. We've got to know our numbers. We've got to know what's what's holding us back, what some of the obstacles are, but we've also got to have one eye, if not one and a half eyes on the future because our our opportunity and our responsibility as a leader is to cast the vision and see the future and lead the team into that future. And that's where the positive attitude comes into it as well. And we've got to be broad thinking also, which is another key attribute now that I think a lot of leaders have to take in, particularly with the um, a lot more diversity and inclusion coming into a lot of organizations and not being so wedded to having people coming into the team from a specific background or with a specific experience or with a specific demographic or whatever, but broadening our scope in terms of where we get our talent from and uh, how we can bring that into the mix and create a really engaged culture. So with all of these, uh, what was interesting as we talked through these, a lot of them were saying, yeah, that makes sense. And for some of them, thinking, well, it was almost like they're hearing this for the very first time. And a couple of them actually mentioned, geez, I wish my manager had actually shared all this with me a couple of years ago because I would have been in a much better frame of mind and a much more happier person. But as I said, hey, it would have been good to know this back in the day, but the next best time to know this is right now because at least now you've got a choice and just understand that it's okay if that choice is to not continue to be a leader or to look for opportunities where you can pass off that leadership and maybe create somebody else that can step into that leadership role will now be you to do something different because as the title of this podcast is leadership is not necessarily for everybody but what i want to make sure of if you're in a leadership position right now or you're contemplating moving into a leadership position really think hard and fast as to why you want to become a leader because it's not easy leadership does have its responsibility leadership does come with fantastic opportunity but leadership is also not for every single person so i firmly believe that good leaders uh, can be created but it starts with the person having a willingness and a belief that they can, first of all, become a leader, and second of all, want to work through the process of moving into that leadership character because it does take work and it does take time. So I trust that message helps, trust that message resonates, and hopefully that finds you at the right time for you to hear that message. So thanks for plugging into the podcast. Again, a quick reminder, if you'd like to have a conversation about possibly working together one-on-one, or if you'd like some help with uh, your team, I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on Zoom, have that conversation, and uh, see where it goes. So very much looking forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.